how many of you would like me to share with you what you want to hear today? Or would you like me to share with you what you need to hear today? Sometimes we get what we want, we'd go for sugar only. And that will cause problems eventually. But we need things at times that maybe we don't want, but we need. And this, this is, I'm going to share something with you that I know a lot of you want this. Probably everybody in the room wants this, but I'm not sure everybody wants it strong enough because their reasons for it aren't quite high enough. And uh, I'm going to talk to you today. We're going to have healing school today. I taught healing school here at the church at, at 12 noon every Monday for probably seven or eight years. And now Danielle and Patsy, Dan Danielle, Patsy, would you guys raise your hands? There's Patsy over here. Here's Danielle. Right? Could you raise it really high? Now these ladies are the instructors. They're the healing technicians now in healing class every Monday at noon. So you know how you sometimes take time off from work to go to the doctor or go to see a person, the counselor, or whatever? Well, taking time off for healing school is powerful. And I know some of you, it may not be convenient, but if you need healing, healing school is where you need to be every Monday at noon. It's from 12 to 1, and we encourage you to be there. We've also got now a few more musicians doing some singing and some playing for the healing class, so we're glad for that too. But I taught healing school for eight years, and some of the things the Lord shared in those eight years changed my life. Uh, you know, you can't preach something without it working in your life. That's why I encourage you, any area you're struggling in, Study like you got to preach that subject and you'll find out you'll start benefiting from what you need in that area because you can't not benefit from the Word of God if you're studying it on a consistent basis. And so let me ask you this question before we even get started. How many of you would like to see some kind of healing in your body or you know somebody close to you that needs healing or you or they are on medication? Raise your hand. Okay, keep it up. Everybody look around. All right. Looks like I might have the right message today. <laughs> I mean, if three quarters plus of the people raise their hands saying they have a need in this area, no wonder the Lord's prompting your pastor to teach on this. He loves you very, very much. And don't ever think that God doesn't want you healed. He's your father. Of course he wants you healed. Now, I, one of the things we taught in healing class at times is that one of the greatest reasons people are not healed today is because of church teaching. Bad church teaching, unscriptural church teaching, teaching that was developed because of man's experience more than the pure word of God. Because if you look at everybody around you, you're not going to see the will of God. Everything that's happening in the world today is not the will of God. Everything that's happening in the world today is not part of his mysterious plan. If it was, then why did he tell all of us to pray his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? If it was already done, why tell us to pray for it? Right? There's a lot of stuff going on in the earth today that is flat out not the will of God. There is man who has free will. There are demons, right? There's a curse that came into this earth realm when Adam and Eve sinned. There's a lot of things happening in the earth today that are not the will of God. God is not in control of everything that's happening on this planet. If you think he is, you are giving place to the devil to do things to you that you won't resist thinking it's God. How many know you got to know what's of God so you can yield to it? And what's of the enemy so you can resist it, like the scripture says. I mean, there's some things believers need to be saying no to some stuff. As pain comes to your body, you say no. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you may have to do a few things after that, but the first thing should be no. In Jesus' name, the Lord took this on himself when he was whipped in the court of Pontius Pilate. But if you don't know scriptures, you're not going to know how to back up your no. You're not going to know scriptures to quote. You know, faith says it is written when everything looks like it's not even fixed yet. Faith says it is written. You're more concerned about what God said than even what you're feeling in your body. This is how you get supernatural help from the Lord. And now, you know, sickness has attacked everybody. I've been sick. You've been sick. We've had loved ones who've been sick. Some aren't even with us anymore today. Maybe the sickness, you know, manifested to such a degree where they left the earth early. But we don't look at that to see God's will. We look where? Come on, what does New Testament mean? What's the word testament mean? Will. And really, if you think about it, 
The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that God, who at sundry times in the past, spoke unto us by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us directly by His Son, who is exactly like the Father, the book of Hebrews says. So if you want to see the will of God concerning healing, look at Jesus, the clearest representation of the Father God that the earth has ever received. Did He ever tell one person, no, who came to Him for healing? Did he ever say, you need to suffer a little longer. God's trying to teach you something. Did he ever say to a sick person, remember Job? Well, if he didn't say it, then God's not saying that stuff. Why is it being preached so much in churches today? As reasons why we have to accept sickness at times. Friend, we don't have to accept anything Jesus bore for us. You can say no to it. I wish people would resist sickness and disease, trying to steal their time, steal their health, steal their money, steal their family. I wish they'd resist the spiritual enemy as much as they'd resist somebody trying to get in their car and drive away. Come on. Hmm? Or trying to get in your house and just come in and take one of your kids. Come on. How many of you put up some resistance immediately? You wouldn't sit there and think about it. Okay, this person's coming in and getting ready to pick up my kid and leave. Okay, maybe it's the will of God. Maybe it's not. Um, Bye, honey. I'm still thinking about this. You wouldn't even think. You get the shotgun, the broom, right? Something. Or just charge them with your, you know, claws. You don't mess with mama. Why, Why don't we resist that much when sickness comes against us? Huh? We need to have the attitude Jesus had. How many want to be like Jesus? Okay, then you're going to have to rebuke some things because he rebuked a lot of things. He rebuked a great fever in Peter's mother-in-law one day and the fever left her and she arose and served them. He didn't pray that it go away. He rebuked it. If he rebuked and you want to be like Jesus, you're going to be doing some rebuking in your life too. Now, if you don't want to be like Jesus, that's your choice, but I want to be like Jesus. And he said, the works I do shall you do also, believer, and greater works than these because I go to my Father. One time he rebuked the storm. If you want to be like Jesus, there may be a time in your life you have to rebuke a destructive storm. Well, no, Pastor. Storms are acts of God. Then Jesus rebuked God. Because it said he rebuked the wind and the waves and they calmed and there was a great calm and a great still and the storm ceased. If he did that once in a while, we his followers might have to do that once in a while. Now, I realize most churches don't preach these things and we love all churches. We're all allies. We're all moving forward, doing our best we can. But, but very few believe some of the things I'm telling you right now because you're going to have to at times admit that uh, 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 my experience isn't in line with the word. Come on. And you, ha- you can't have any pride if you're going to talk like that. If you've got pride, you're going to exalt your experience above the word of God. And say, I don't know what the scripture says, but I know God didn't want me healed because I prayed and I didn't get healed. That's exalting your experience above the word of God. God said he wants you healed. Yes. I remember uh, when Dick Cheney, Pre- Vice President Dick Cheney was sick and had heart problems. Uh, under the administration of George W. Bush. And I just sensed a leading in my heart to send him two books while he was vice president at the White House. And so I sent him the book by Mrs. Newsom, The Life of Faith, best book on divine healing other than Brother Hagin's that I've ever read in my life. The second book I sent him was a, a Kenneth Hagin book called Healing Belongs to Us. And so I prayed, I sent him these two books, and I got a real nice presidential letter with his signature on saying, thank you for the books. He named them both. And from that time, I've never heard him having any health problems. So that's kind of cool. I'm not saying he hasn't, but I'm just saying I haven't heard. And one of the reasons I did that is because a lot of people, referring to the book Healing Belongs to Us, a lot of people start wondering why good Christian so-and-so didn't get their healing Maybe it's God's will that not everybody gets healed. What are they looking to? To discern the will of God. They're looking to a person's experience, not the scriptures. That's where people get in trouble. And so you say, well, pastor, why didn't so-and-so, a good Christian, godly person, why didn't they get their healing? Why did they pass away young in life? I don't have to know all the detailed answers to that, but I do know this. Healing belonged to them. I don't know why they didn't receive. 
Maybe it's personal between them and the Lord, but I do know what's revealed. Come on, what does the book of Deuteronomy say? The secret things belong unto the Lord, but those that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. We may not know all the ins and outs of why somebody didn't receive, but I do know this, by His stripes we're all healed. Amen. Anybody can pray the prayer of faith and receive an answer. I may not know the intricate intimacies between a person and the Lord and them receiving or not receiving their healing, but I do know what's revealed. And what's revealed is this. Christ has redeemed us from every sickness and every disease known and not known to man. Hmm? Just because somebody didn't receive doesn't mean healing didn't belong to them. Maybe they didn't know how to receive. Maybe they didn't want to fight anymore. Maybe they wanted to be with the Lord, which is far better. But what do we know? I do know what's revealed because this book tells us God's will in the area of healing. So turn with me to Isaiah 53, and we're going to read about six verses here out of the Young's Literal Translation. And the, the Young's Literal Translation, let me, let me tell you, when you click on the word Young's Literal Translation in Bible Gateway, it'll tell you where the translation came from. Young's Literal is exactly what it means. It's an ex it, it says this, it's an extremely literal translation. A lot of translations aren't even translations, guys. They're paraphrases. They're versions. They're not translations. Young's is a literal word-for-word -word translation. King James is a word-for-word -word translation. A lot of them translate thought or their opinions about it or trying to make it more understandable to the uh, generation that we're in now. But Young's is a literal word-for-word -word translation. It's very interesting. Sometimes it reads a little backwards because, you know, in some of these scriptures, they didn't talk like we talk today in the Greek or in the Hebrew. Right. And so if you would, do you have that scripture back there? The Young's Literal Translation? So this is Isaiah prophesying hundreds of years before Jesus was born about Jesus and what he was going to do. Who has given credence to that which we heard? And the arm of Jehovah on whom has it been revealed? Talking about Jesus. Yes, he comes up as a tender plant before God. And as a root out of a dry land... He has no form, nor honor, when we observe Him, nor appearance when we desire Him. In other words, Jesus was not glowing every day of His life, where you would know He came from heaven. He looked like the person next to you. He was a human being. The only difference about Jesus and us is He was conceived supernaturally. There was no sin involved in the pregnancy. It was a virgin birth, and therefore the sin nature did not get in him. In other words, Jesus is called the second Adam because there was no sin in him. It, could, it was a supernatural incarnation by the Holy Ghost. And so here, but, but if you looked at him on the outside, you'd think, hey, Jesus, just like you say, hey, George. Right. Hey, Bob. And that's why a lot of people didn't get blessed under his ministry because they saw him too much after the flesh. Next verse. Now remember, this is hundreds of years before Jesus was born. It said, Jesus, he is despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And as it wasn't talking about him being sick in his 33 years of living on the planet. You'll read in the next couple of verses, it's talking about him becoming sick for us so we could all be healed on the cross when he went to the court of Pontius Pilate. All right? So he's acquainted with it in the sense he took our sicknesses, but he never was sick in his life when he was walking for three, uh, 33 years on the earth. And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised, and we esteemed him not. Keep going. Everybody say this next word. Surely. surely. Say surely. surely. I love Shirley. Yes. How many of you love Shirley? Yes. Surely is an amazing word. I looked it up in the Hebrew and it means absolute surely. <laughs> okay? Surely our sicknesses he has borne. Why do you think he did that? Now we're going to talk about how he did that. He did that in the court of Pontius Pilate receiving the whips and the stripes and the gashes and the, the terrible whipping. And Now, why do you think he did that? 
Why do you think he bore our sicknesses? Anybody going to just take a pop shot at it? Why do you think he did that? So we don't have to bear them. Right? So we don't have to? Don't you think that's why he did it? So we wouldn't have to? Say this. I do not have to bear sickness. One of the things about living in health is you're going to, as you read scriptures like this, it's going to develop in you a righteous anger against things you have been accepting. And that's one of the greatest things about learning scriptures is it will actually motivate you to start resisting like you're supposed to and using your faith that the Lord gave you to see results. Instead of just kicking back and treating only or trying to examine only or one of the things about going over scriptures like this is it's going to produce in you a fed-upness. And that's good because we all live at the level we're willing to put up with. What if you weren't willing to put up with some stuff anymore, child of God? Huh? Say this, I am not only human. You're quoting scripture. I didn't say you weren't human. You're not only human. The Bible says you are made in the image and likeness of God. The Bible says you're a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are the offspring of the Lord. Are you only human? That's unscriptural. You are not only human. You are part human, but you are also made in the image and likeness of God. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you are a child of God. Do you know what that means, church? That means some of him is in you. You see, the problem has not been the Lord hasn't done things for us. The problem has been people haven't realized what he's done for them and taken advantage of it. Using what the Lord gave. Just like faith. The Lord gave us all the measure of faith, but it's up to us to use it. God's not going to use your faith for you. You've got to use the faith he gave you. Right? You know where it says by grace through, it says um, we are saved by grace through faith. It's real interesting if you read that. It says in Ephesians 2.8, it says for, for by grace are you saved, not even a comma. By grace are you saved through faith. <laughs> Amen. That means faith is very important even when it comes to receiving salvation. It doesn't just happen because you're in need or cry or want. It's because you believe. All right, so turn, let's read the last few verses here. This is the original translation. The King James says, Surely our griefs and our sorrows he carried and bore. But the original says, Now we know griefs is not a terrible translation. We know sickness can cause grief. But the literal translation tells us like it really is. Surely our sicknesses he has borne and our pains he has carried them. And we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. That's what they thought was happening. Jesus blasphemed. He went too far. God's chastising him. Look at he's on the cross and dying. They thought that was happening because we esteemed him plagued, smitten of God. But really what was going on, verse 5, he is pierced for our transgressions, not his. Bruised for our iniquities, not his. The need or chastisement of our peace is on him. And by his bruise, there is healing to us. So anytime you think or feel like you being healed is not that big a deal to God, you know, there's more important things in life. You know, healing is not that big a deal. It's just a physical thing. Healing is not, or the devil comes to you and says, you know, healing is not that big of a deal. Don't bother God right now. There's more important things in the universe. Next time you feel like healing of your body is not a big deal, go look, see what Jesus went through to provide it for you. And then you'll realize it's a big deal to him. He wouldn't have gone through all of this so your bodies could be healed, as well as your sins being forgiven, if you being healed physically was not a big deal to the Lord. Don't forget the scripture that Jesus is also, quote, the Savior of the body. New Testament. Right? So... I want you to... Now, some people think, well, Pastor, that's Old Testament. Well, let's go see what the New Testament says about these exact verses. Go to Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8. Um, let me say this to you in healing school this morning. 
and I'm going to say it more than one time during this message, but here, here's what the Lord wants me to tell you today, right now, right from the throne of God. You ready? God wants you healed. This is not a side issue with the Lord. He really, really wants his kids healed. Well, pastor, I prayed and I didn't get healed. That doesn't mean your father wants you to stay sick. There's other reasons people don't receive healing or don't know how to stand in faith long enough. There's other things going on than God's will. You need to check God off your list of problems. You know, there's people today, they're mad at God because they've heard wrong things from pulpits at funerals. They've heard wrong things in church when it comes to sickness and disease. There are people, today, that's why I said earlier, one of the number one reasons people aren't flooding churches today is because of church teaching. We just recently heard of a, a person that um, was not, you know, too excited about going to church because of some uh, thing that happened in, in somebody's family that was a tragedy. And the person thought God's the one that caused it to happen. And God is not in the killing, stealing, or destroying business. That's the devil, right? Sometimes man makes dumb choices, right? I mean, let's take it like this, okay? The other day, I was chewing on some ice, watching TV, and, and everything was fine. I kept chewing on ice. Carla said you shouldn't chew on ice. I kept chewing on ice. And I developed a problem in one of my teeth, and it hurt like crazy. Well, that's not even the devil. Right? That's not the devil. That's me choosing to do something that opened the door to a problem in my life. And not listening to my wife. <laughs> She's smart. I married a smart one. But so, take, take some of these football players. I mean, how many of you know if you... <laughs> allow somebody 300 pounds to charge at you 10 to 15 miles an hour and smack you for year after year after year, 20, 30 times, 40 times a season, you might have some problems later in life in your brain. Well, that's not the devil. Right? That's, Christ didn't redeem us from that. He redeemed us from things beyond that that are beyond our control. Now, will He help you if you do something like that? And because of your own dumb choice, He will help you. But He's also going to want to talk to you about not opening the door again to the same problem or a similar problem. He will talk to you about a lifestyle change if you want to stay healthy. And even though today we're talking about healing, how many of you want to go from healing to healing to healing to healing to health? Yeah. Not needing healing. Right. Health is a Bible word. It's called divine protection. It's called living in a zone where the enemy and the things and the curses of this world cannot get to you or stick to you. It is highly possible. It's in the Bible. And God wants it for all of His kids. Actually, we're supposed to be the healed bunch laying hands on a sick world and getting them healed. Believers were commissioned to lay hands on the sick. All right, so... I, there's so much in me concerning the subject, so just pray and believe with me that this all comes out right. Would you just take a second and do that? Father, we're asking that the exact words that we need to hear for the last few minutes would come forth. We need your help. There's so much here. You know what would be best right now, right at this moment. That's what we're asking for. That and nothing else in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Say it's happening. Okay, so turn to Luke 8. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew 8, in verse 16 and 17. So now this is Matthew referring to what Isaiah said hundreds of years ago, and this is when Jesus was alive on the earth in his ministry. So it says here, when the evening was come, the people they brought unto Jesus, many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Next verse. This is the fulfillment which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Amen. It's interesting though that you could get healed Hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born by believing 
He bore your sicknesses and carried your pains before the Lord was even born. You could get healed before the Lord even did this because the Word said it was going to happen. You could get healed before the Lord was even born based on what the Lord was going to do after He was born. Is that interesting? And now He's here and He hasn't yet gone to the cross and bore their sicknesses and carried their pains, but they were still getting healed because Jesus was going to the cross. And because he was going to do that, they could get healed even before he went to the cross. Now, turn to another scripture in 1 Peter 2. And I want you to notice verse 24. This is Peter now looking back at what Jesus had done because Jesus had already died. He'd already gone to heaven, already ascended to the Father. So how, how do these verses affect us today? By his wounds, we are healed. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Look at 1 Peter 2. And this is, look at verse 24. This is written to born-again Christians after the Lord had risen from the dead. It said, Jesus in his own, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now this is interesting. You'd think he would have said, by his stripes... You can be healed. It's not what he said. You would think he would have said, by his stripes, you know, you can pray and get a healing. It's like he goes one step past that and says, by his stripes, you were healed. This sickness problem was already taken care of. And I submit unto you, there is no more sickness problem. There's sickness and disease, but in the sense of it having to lord it over you, we're not denying these things. But here's the big problem. You ready? The big problem is lack of understanding what we're reading right now. And how to appropriate, how to step into it, how to enjoy it. These things are facts. And facts are stubborn things. Right? Right? So what we need to do is get our insides, our faith, our thinking, and our, our talking in line with these scriptures. And we will literally walk out of what we've been in into the reality of this scripture. How many want to walk out of some things you're in right now and walk into a whole new life? You want that? Then you're going to have to do some renewing on the inside so you can start experiencing different on the outside. So whether you realize it or not, something's happening to you right now as you're hearing these words. The Bible says faith comes to you by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say it's happening. it's happening. Say faith is coming. Faith is coming. Right now. Because right I'm hearing the word of God. Now in Proverbs 4, this is, this is what we started healing school on. We, we had to have scriptures and reasons from the Lord and from the word. Why do you even have a healing school? And the, re, the whole scripture, and you might as well put it up there. Let's uh, Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. I'll give her a moment to do that. Our whole healing school on Monday at noon is based on, for the last 10 years or so, has been based on this scripture right here. God through Solomon said, my son or my daughter, listen, attend to my words. Is that what you're doing now? I hope your mind's not in Hawaii right now because you could miss your healing. Hawaii can, how many know Hawaii would be more fun if you're healthy anyway? Right? My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Don't let my words depart from your eyes. I have enough word in you that even when you're not reading the Bible, you you still know scriptures. Let these words not depart from your eyes. Keep my words in the middle of your heart. Why would he say keep my words in the middle of your heart? Because they don't automatically stay there. Other things are going to try to take that place. Other influences. The devil's going to try to knock the ball out of your hand. Things are going to try to come your way. You're going to have to keep his words. You know, the devil's not too scared that you came to church today. He, he, he knows he can take what, he, what you get today in five minutes after this service is over, yeah. if you let him. That's right. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, entering in and choking the word, and it becoming unfruitful. Right. Say, so that's not me. That's not I'm going to keep these words in the midst of my heart. So before I read the rest of this, uh, let me say this to you. Um, well, let's read the rest of it and we'll get to it. Don't let these words depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. What will that do to you? 
God said, my words are life unto those that find them and health to all their spirit. How many know the words good for your spirit? This verse didn't say the words good for your spirit. This word said what? It's good for all your soul, right? Your emotions, right? Well, that's the biggest areas in life, right? That's all God really cares about. This physical is no big deal. God said, my words are health to all your flesh if you attend to them. If you don't let yourself be distracted. If you don't let other things get your attention. Especially if you're in a fight right now against sickness and disease. You may have to adjust what you're doing with your time. For a time. And you may find out that after healing manifests, you don't want to go back to a bunch of that junk anyway. A lot of the stuff people are occupied with is so temporary and fleeting and won't, won't, won't mean a thing after you're gone. Don't you think we should be a little more involved with eternal things while we're here? Planning on the next life instead of just this life? So he said, health to all your flesh. So that word health in the Hebrew is pronounced marpe. We get our word medicine from it. So say this, I, I am taking my medicine. Amen. It's happening right now. You're listening. You're hearing. You're inclining your eyes, right? You're listening. Now, sometimes medicine doesn't just work immediately. As far as, let me put it this way. It works immediately, but you don't feel the results of it immediately. You know, things got to happen underground for a while. You know, under that dirt, that boring dirt. But then after a while, it comes up. If you take care of it, if you keep taking the medicine properly... So God's word, enough of God's word, will heal your broken finger. See, all your flesh, right? All your flesh. It'll heal your little toe that you stubbed in the middle of the night on your way to get a drink of water. It'll heal your liver that they say is shot and you need a liver transplant. Hmm? The Word of God will heal your brain of a brain tumor. If it didn't, then this isn't true. And if this is not true, the Bible's not true. And God's not real. And Jesus is not Lord. And we're all all men most miserable. Come on, if one part of the Word is not true, we're in trouble. This is true. Let me tell you, the the problem has not been that sickness is the big problem. It, you know, is the big bad monster here. The problem has been people haven't been taught right. That's why we call it healing school. These scriptures say healing can be learned by attending to God's word, inclining our ear unto his sayings. That means you've got to hear some sermons, not just read only. And that's another reason why you should read out loud. You know, when you say things, you plant things. This is why people don't take words serious because there's no immediate results, positive or negative. Oh, I've been saying bad things for a while now. No, nothing's happened. It ain't over yet. Hmm? How many of you want to plant good things in your life? Then say good things over your life because the sower sows the word. When you say things, you plant things. Hmm? Well, I made a naive confession. Nothing bad happened to me. You planted a seed. How many want that seed in you? Huh? You don't want no... Because you might start watering it with, you know, wrong words and worry and, and complaining. And pretty soon this harvest in your life shows up of something you don't want. And you go, why did God allow that to happen to me? Maybe the question is, why did you plant those seeds years ago, water them a little here and there, and receive a harvest from it? Moving right along. 1 Peter chapter, oh, we just read 1 Peter 2. Did you got that, 24? No, we're not there yet. So, where are we at? Did we read 1 Peter 2, 24? We said, by his stripes we were healed. Did we get that far? Okay, so he said here, if you attend to his word, incline your ear to his sayings, don't let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. All their flesh. All their flesh. 
I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony of times I've received healing this way. This is one way, not the only way to receive healing from the Lord. I personally feel and see in my studies that it's probably one of the best ways if it's not an emergency. Because when you receive healing through digging into the Word, you not only get a healing, you get stronger in the process. You get to know God more. You develop in faith. And now you're not just looking for a piece of fruit off of somebody else's tree. You are the tree. And you've got constant fruit. You're not going from hungry to full, hungry to full, or sickness to healing, sickness to healing. Thank God for healing. But there is a word called health. And that comes from doing what this verse says. Making it a, a habit in your life where you're constantly in the word. I don't mean 24-7. God's reasonable. We understand that. But sometime in the daytime or sometime in the nighttime, have some word coming in you. Friend, that does amazing things for your health, your future, your longevity, your protection. There's nothing like it. Turn to Luke 8. Luke chapter 8. So this is kind of what I thought the... the the message today that specifically should be called, God says you are healed. What do you say? <laughs> now, here's, here's where people do get off track. If somebody asks you how you feel and you say, I feel fine, but you feel sick, you're lying. <laughs> right? What, what is... What is saying, I'm healed, supposed to be based on. You've read something in the Bible, and you believe it. Right? Therefore, I say, I believe I'm healed. I didn't say I feel healed. I didn't say I look healed. I didn't say the x-ray changed yet. But I believe I'm healed because God said, by His stripes, I was healed. You got that? We're not saying, I feel healed. We're saying, I believe what God said. Right. And if you stick with that long enough and you're really convinced on the inside and you're talking in line with it, your, your insides are going that direction, you have to see some changes in your body or the Lord lied. And it's not talking about making God do anything. We're not talking about He owes us something. We're just talking about lining up with what He said 2,000 years ago. By His stripes, ye were healed. Right? By His stripes, you were healed. Well, if you were then why are you trying to get there? Why not just renew your mind, get your faith going this direction, step into what's already been there all along instead of trying to get something you thought you didn't have? Mm. Say, by His stripes, I was healed. Are you saying you feel healed? No! We're not talking about what you feel. We're talking about something stronger, what you believe. By His stripes, I was healed. <laughs> I remember a testimony that Dr. Roy Hicks shared of a lady, a secretary at a church. She was walking down some stairs and she twisted her knee and she fell on her kneecap and busted it. And the paramedics got there and the sirens and all that. They got there and she, as soon as that happened, as soon as that, she went to the right church. As soon as she knew something terrible happened in her knee, she started saying over and over and over and over and over and over again, by his stripes. I was healed. By his stripes, I was healed. And they say, what are you saying, lady? I'm saying, by his stripes, I was healed. They thought she was crazy. And she kept saying, they, they get her picked up and they put her in the ambulance. She's saying, by his stripes, I was healed. All the way to the hospital, by his stripes, I was healed. By his stripes, I was healed. They get her in there, take her in the x-ray, and she's saying, by his stripes, I was healed. By his stripes, no, nothing else, just by his stripes, I was healed. The doctor says, woman, what are you saying? She's saying, sir, by his stripes, I was healed. He picked up her kneecap and said, woman, you busted your kneecap, and she liked to pass out. He, she said, you got a busted kneecap. You're crazy. She just kept saying, by his stripes, I was healed. By his stripes, I was healed. And so they take her down to x-ray. She's still saying, by his stripes, I was healed. By his stripes. Who knows, minutes, half hour, hour and a half went by. She's constantly saying, by his stripes, I was healed. What's she doing? She's fighting the good fight of faith. 
She's keeping her mind on the cross. She's realizing he that looks shall live, just like it said in the book of Numbers, gazing intently at the word, because you can't look at this and that at the same time. There's no power in looking at this, but there's a lot of power in looking at him or the scriptures. And she's saying, so they take her to x-ray by his stripes. I was healed. And so not too long after that, the doctor gets a call from x-ray. And they said, why did you bring this woman down here? He said, well, because she's got a busted kneecap. She's in big trouble. They said, uh, well, you need to come down here right away because we just took an x-ray and she's perfectly fine. Her knee is perfectly fine. And she was totally healed, supernaturally. Nobody prayed for her. Nobody laid hands on her. She knew the word. She knew the word and she knew what to do immediately when that thing happened. Now, I'm sure the enemy probably said, well, you shouldn't have been walking down the stairs so fast or this, that. How many know, even if you did maybe do something a little bit off, that doesn't mean your father doesn't want you healed. He wants you healed. We talked about that last week. The, right? You, your child wrecks their bike. Your first thought isn't, I told you not to ride down that hill. Your first thought is, honey, are you okay? You lift them up, right? Well, how much more God toward us, his kids? She was completely healed because she knew the scriptures. She knew what I'm teaching you today and she appropriated it when she needed to. Hmm? Now, take that with anything. Anything the doctor's diagnosing your body, uh, an accident on the job or whatever. If you've got this word in you, it can come out. And I heard the Spirit of God say, a lot of my people today are not that serious about healing, but I am. They don't realize it, but I desire that all my children are healthy. I paid a great price for it to be that way. And I have a lot of awesome kingdom work for my whole family to do. And many of them are not able to do it because they're not receiving their healing. And some of them don't care if they receive their healing or not because their vision in the kingdom is so small. How many of you realize you have a valuable, unique part in the kingdom of God? I'm not saying you're going to work 40 hours a week at the church, but you have a part in the body. You have a part in His work. You know, the Bible says, uh, where there's no vision, people perish. They don't have any reason to stay alive. No reason to fight. I'm just a nobody. What's that? Lie. 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 You have a bright, powerful, amazing, eternal part in God's church right here, right now. And you are greatly needed and nobody can do what you can do. Even if it's once a month, twice a week. And beyond the church, your own family, people that you meet that I'll never meet. You're not just an employee going to work. You're a witness for Jesus going to work. And at the same time, a benefit of that is you get a paycheck. You're going to love, to show the love of God, the joy, the hope of the Lord. But if all your vision is, I'm making money, and I'm working for these people, going to go on a few vacations, buy a boat, and die. Well, you may not care too much about healing when sickness attacks you. But if you realize you have a much higher purpose than that, now healing's more of a, Hey, of course I'm going to believe God. I got kingdom work to do. Somebody, sometimes you just have to get your vision stirred up if you want your faith to work better. All right, Luke chapter 8. We'll close with these scriptures here. Luke 8. Well, we're not even close to done, but thank God we'll be around forever. And there's always next week. <laughs> we preachers got to remember, there's always next week. I don't have to get it all out today. There's always next week. And all the congregation said, Amen. Amen. Luke 8, look at verse 5, verse 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to Jesus out of every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, this farmer, some seed fell by the wayside and it was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured the seed up. Some seed fell upon a rock and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. 
Others fell on good ground, and it sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. This is important to the Lord. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others it's in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word. Alright, so let me just say this again. We believe in instantaneous miracles and healings when people are prayed for. We've seen and we'll see more. We believe in immediate manifestations of victory happening in people's bodies and people's lives. We believe in that. That is not the only way to be healed. The Bible talks about people, uh, one man, who in a certain hour began to amend. That's not an immediate healing. The Bible says, believers shall lay hands on the sick, and they, the sick, shall recover. There is a recovery process at times. There's a mending process at times. Sometimes that's the way healing manifests, and it's no less supernatural, and it's no less divine than an immediate miracle. Sometimes it's better because of the roots that are developed in that time of believing than just being bailed out again and carried. Are you following me? Still get the same results, but you get a development in the process. Not that God wants us suffering one second. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes, you know, if you don't have anything to use your faith on, it's not going to grow. Hmm? You can't always help people by making it easy on them. Right? Permanent help comes from personal effort. You've got to do some things. Right? The Lord constantly throughout the ministry told people, your faith made you whole. As you have believed, so be it unto you. He gave credit to people's faith. He could have said, I healed you. He could have said, the Father healed you. But he wanted us to think about something else. Amen. That's good. We know those scriptures about God being the healer and the deliverer and the provider. But for some reason, the Lord wanted us to focus on her faith that made her whole. So what should we do? Well, let's just focus on Jesus. And no, focus on her faith because he said her faith made her whole. Add that to your focus with Jesus, but don't take the faith part away. Very important, church. The Lord wanted us to focus on her faith or he wouldn't have said, daughter, your faith made you whole. He, he's going to go, okay, now I'm going to tell you this, but don't focus on this. Daughter, your faith made you whole. Now, don't you be thinking about the faith. Be thinking about something else. No, he said, I'm going to say, daughter, your faith made you whole. And you need to think about what I just said. Amen. If her faith can make her whole, your faith can make you whole. Yeah. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we all need to come back to church as much as we can. So this hearing and hearing and hearing is continuous and ongoing. Didn't say faith comes by what you have heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Present tense. Something that's a part of your life. So keep reading here. Are you there? Luke 8. Uh-huh. Verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. i got to close, but listen to these last few verses. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Now he's explaining this, okay? Those by the wayside are people that hear the word of God. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So this word got to their heart, but they were not aware of the fact that something might try to steal this. Not, not a being with horns and a pitchfork and a pointed tail. Things that don't even look demonic. Right. Say this, devil. You can't have my word. When this service is over, I'm going to remember. Keep believing. By his stripes I was healed. Come on now, look at this, look at this. Verse, verse 13. They that are on the rock are they which hear the word, and they receive the word with joy. And these have no root. They believe, for a while they believe. Everybody say, for a while they believe. For a while, but when temp time of temptation comes, or testing and trials, or pressure, or persecution, what happens? They fall away. Do you realize that the Lord's preparing you for life's challenges today? 
He's preparing you for difficulties and temptations and pressure and persecution. You're being prepared right now. And what you do with what you hear determines the outcome, not just what you heard. Is pressure going to come? Are you going to feel like your prayer wasn't working? Are you going to feel like things are getting worse? Are you going to feel like the marriage is not going to be fixed? Your body's not going to be healed? The tumor's not going to dissolve? Are you going to feel like that at times? What do you do? Well, it's not enough just to go praise the Lord in church. When those temptations come, you're usually not in church. What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to fall away. You're not going to stop believing. And these are they which fell among thorns, which when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. All right, so I'm saying all this to say this to you guys. One of the best ways to receive healing from the Lord, not the only way. We do pray for the sick. You can be healed that way. We do lay hands on the sick. You can recover that way. We do believe in miracles and the gifts of the Spirit. We're expecting those to happen all the time. But you don't have to wait for any of those manifestations. You can get in the Word now. You can look at scriptures like we've just looked at. He took your infirmities. He, and think about these. Ponder them. Meditate on them. What do you mean meditate, Pastor? I mean get engulfed with these scriptures. Think about them. Turn other stuff off for a while. Get them in your spirit to the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts and you see things you've never seen before. You know, the Bible talks about meditating in the Word day and night. Do something in the morning, do something in the evening before you go to bed. I'm telling you, this is powerful. It'll affect your health. Meditation in the Word takes the try out of faith. Everybody's trying to believe, trying to believe. Meditation is likened unto a tree planted by the rivers of water. Ain't no tree trying to bear fruit. They're just planted in the right place. If you're always trying and trying and trying to believe, check up on your meditation. The world took meditation and, and messed it all up. Got people meditating on mantras and all this weird, stupid, demonic stuff. But it doesn't do away with the fact that we're called to meditate on these scriptures day and night. Get them inside of you. Meditate means to mutter, to ponder. It's kind of like when you're so engulfed with something, you don't even hear the background music. Right. You know, it's like you're meditating. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Right. Just take the principles of worry and apply them to the good news and the gospel and start pondering and thinking about what God said in that deep engulfed state. And the Bible says you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll bring forth fruit in season. Your leaf, everybody say my leaf, will not wither. Leaf means the outside of your life, your body. And whatever you do will prosper. Stand up with me, church.